0: How's everybody doing? Good. Happy Resurrection Day. What a beautiful name it is. Amen. Let's celebrate how good our God is, y'all. Very cool. So if you're new here, uh, my name's Buck Benton. I get to serve as the campus pastor here uh, for Connection Church Dublin. Right now we have uh, three other locations going, and all of them are sharing the good name of Jesus. How cool is that, right? Um, We've been praying for this day a long time, and so we're excited that you came, and we're very honored and thankful that you did that. Uh, We really do believe that the best is yet to come; that God's going to do incredible things in this place, and uh, and we're so excited about that, and can't can't wait to see what He's going to do. Today, as I as I sat and I thought about it, and you know, it's Easter Sunday, man, and you know, I don't. Somebody shared this like Facebook post of these preachers that are like. Freaking out, and they gotta have like all this stuff just right, and you know there's gotta be this perfectly crafted sermon, and and uh, I, I'm just gonna be honest with you, I'm I'm kind of one of those guys that what kind of God puts in my heart, it's kind of gonna come out, okay? Um, so I don't know how structured and and how uh, neat it'll be, but y'all, I'm telling you, I'm so excited about what God's put in my heart to say, and uh, and I believe He's just gonna move in an incredible way. So if you would, before I speak, um, would you just pray with me? God, thank you for this day, Lord. God, thank you for what it stands for. Lord, as I, as I sat and I listened to, uh, to those words, Father, just what a beautiful name the name of Jesus is. Lord, it's the day that we celebrate his resurrection. God, the power uh, you brought to earth to bring him out of the grave, Father, that proved that he was who he said he was, and that's the savior of man. God, as we get ready to wrap up this series, God, it's called thy kingdom. Lord, this isn't our kingdom here. Lord, you, you made a way for us for the kingdom to come. God, you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to the cross to pay a payment we could never pay. God, you did that for us, for man. God, I know what I've done, and I know the sin in my heart. God, I know the things that I've done, and you said, I I want him anyway. I'll send my son. I know what he's dealing with, but I'll send my son, and I'll change that. I'll change his heart. I love him so much, I'll send my son to earth to die a death. He could never die because I love him that much. What a beautiful day this is. Thank you for that good news, Lord. God, I just pray right now as we get ready uh, to share your message. God, I pray right now that my words would be yours, Lord, that you would eliminate any distraction. I know there's a million things going on today, but God, I pray in this time that you would just speak the hearts through your word. Lord, I pray you would open our, art, our hearts and our ears uh, to hear your message. I know there's some people that are here uh, that haven't been here in a while, or God, they've um, have just kind of been in and out, or, or they're just kind of checking this thing out. But God, I pray that you would just impact us all in a very powerful way, Lord. We love you and we praise you in thy name. Amen. Amen. All right. So last week I kind of set everybody up. Uh, I said we were going we to check out a mystery since the beginning of time, right? So do I have any Scooby-Doo fans in here? Like, you know, the mystery machine, right? Like, I, I'm kind of a mystery junkie. Can we get the lights down just a touch, please? Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but I'm kind of a mystery junkie, okay? And so what I want to tell you something is that the mystery of Jesus is something incredible in that uh, for so much of my life, I had a hard time figuring out or understanding if Jesus was the real thing. I don't know if that's anybody here, if, you know, kind of how that looks. I know he's someone that we're supposed to go to and like hang out with for an hour on Sunday or, you know, he's someone we're encouraged to follow, but the Bible speaks of Jesus as a, as a very powerful entity. He speaks of Jesus uh, as a very big deal. But I know a lot, what I saw growing up is that I didn't see Jesus being a very big deal in and around me. And so what I wanna talk about today is to share the mystery of God, but to understand that, I want you guys to turn to Genesis chapter one. I promise you this is gonna be awesome, okay? This is gonna be awesome. And just to tell you, I've got two goals for the day. One is this, I just wanna share the truth of Jesus with you and I want to share my heart with you, okay? Hear that one more time. I want to share the truth of Jesus with you, and I want to share my heart with you, and kind of how big this is, and why why we love the name of Jesus, and why it's a big deal, okay? And if you're a note taker, if you're organized, the first thing I want to talk about is the kingdom we are created for, okay? We've been in this series called Thy Kingdom, and we've been talking about what is Jesus saying when he says, like, thy kingdom come, and and what's the whole deal with the kingdom? And so if you're taking notes, the first thing is this. This is, uh, we're going to talk about the kingdom we were created for. Now, you guys know this is not our home, right? This is not our home. Uh, I don't think I have to argue very long to get you guys to realize, like, something ain't right with this world. You agree? Uh, a football player I really enjoyed, Todd Heat. He played tight in, I believe, for Baltimore. Anyway, I'm kind of a sports guy, um, I read an a, 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 a article on Facebook. He accidentally ran over his three-year-old child yesterday. And, it, and it, just, it just broke my heart. I've got a little girl. She's about to be three. She's over in our Connection Kids space. And I, and I think about that for a second, and I think, that is unimaginable hurt. Like, I, I, cannot believe, I cannot begin to think what the Heat family is going through right now. But it's evidence that, y'all, something ain't right here. Right? Something's not right. So let's talk about the kingdom we were designed for. Read with me in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God, Okay? Right? So we see God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, okay? So understand there was God and nothing. Formless, empty, nothing here. Verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Okay, so we've got God, we've got nothing, and we've got the Spirit of God. And then check this out, verse 3. And God said, all right, the spoken word of God. God speaks, okay, understand this. The spoken word of God, God speaks. He says, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. So let me let me uh, kind of break that down. We've got God. We've got the Spirit of God, which is what hovers in us, uh, in and around us now. That 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 sense, that feeling that there's something different when they talk about the Word of God and you hear that music in the name of Jesus. Something starts happening. The Spirit of God. And then it says we have the spoken Word of God that God said. Okay. So understand there was God. There was the Spirit of God. And then go down to verse 26. Okay. And it says, then God said, he says something strange here. So it's God speaking, okay? And he says, let us, not me, let us make mankind in our own image. Okay, here's where we come into play. He creates us. Let us make mankind in our own image, just like us, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, and over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Understand this, isn't it strange that he says our? Like there's more than one? Like, isn't he God? And who God's talking about? He's talking about himself. He's talking about the Spirit, his Spirit of the living God. And he's talking about the spoken word of God. And you're thinking, all right, well, the word of God is not a person. Like, what do you, is, he's spoken in the being. Turn with me to John chapter one, real quick. And as you turn there, this would be John chapter one. Y'all, this is, this is too cool to me. And if you've got doubts about Jesus, like this blew me away. This just, Blows me away, but while you're turning there, I'm going to catch you up to what happened. So God created mankind in his own image. Understand in perfect harmony, like in perfect fellowship, like this world had no sin, no shame. There were no cars to, to, to cause any problems. There, were no, there was no hurt. There was no cancer. There was no murder. There was no strife. Imagine a kingdom of perfection, y'all. Imagine a kingdom of perfection, no hurt. And I don't know what you came in here with, but I've experienced hurt in this life that this thing hasn't been roses the whole way through. In fact, there's been periods and seasons of my life where it felt like just the opposite. It felt like instead of looking more like heaven, it looked more like hell, like I was not walking through good seasons of my life. And so the reason we experience that is Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. I want you to think about this. When they sinned in the garden, when they listened to the serpent, it fractured that perfect kingdom, okay? Split it apart forever, because see, we serve a perfect God, amen? Amen perfect in all of his ways. And he set up a perfect kingdom for us. And the man, mankind, us, every one of us, we chose this world and the created things instead of the creator and said, God, no, I don't want you in this kingdom. I wanna have these things, this world. And what happened when sin came into the world? That kingdom left, all right? You understand that? That kingdom left. And what happened was a fractured world that all of a sudden sin came into it and people began to die. People began to turn away from God. People began to do uh, their own things. And if you'll search your hearts, you'll know that's the kingdom. That looks a little more familiar, right? That's the kingdom we're living in. That sounds a little bit more familiar. And so understand that all through the Old Testament, since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, there was God, all right? And then there's the spirit of God that would hover over the earth and would, would go with people and begin to accomplish God's purposes, all right? But largely, we've got a fractured world And God, all right? But understand this, God loved us so much. Read with me John chapter one. We're getting ready to introduce that man we're talking about today, the good name of Jesus. Verse one, in the beginning was the word, right? Remember the spoken word of God. It says the word and the word was with God, all right? And the word was God. Y'all, he's talking about Jesus. Number two, he says he was with God in the beginning. Now this is, if you got to underline, underline this in your Bible, Through him, Jesus, through him, all things were made. Understand, through Jesus, the spoken word of God, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Remember that light that God said was good. It says the light shines in the darkness. This dark world riddled with sin. It says light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen to that. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. Here we go, verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So we're, called, we're talking about Jesus. Remember last week we talked about the kingdom of God was coming in the form of a baby. Verse 10 it says, he was in the world. Talking about Jesus, y'all. He's talking about Jesus. And it says, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. It says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not, would not receive him. Yet all who did receive him, talking about Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Amen. Verse 14 goes on to say, and this won't be on the screen, it says, the word became flesh, all right? So you're wondering, well, well, God spoke something, that's not a person. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So understand, Jesus wasn't new on the scene when he came back to get us, y'all. He was here, all things, including you and me, were created through him. Hadn't caught him off guard. Like, Jesus has been there from the beginning, all right, now this is, this is crazy. So Jesus, the word of God, has been with God for all this time. He's been in eternal glory, no, no hurt, no sin, no shame, nothing. All right, and instead of choosing God the Father and Jesus, we're on the earth choosing ourselves in sin, making mockery of God, choosing sexual immorality, choosing all these things instead of the eternal God. Like why would that God send his son to come to us? We had nothing, nothing to offer him. And y'all, here's the thing, and I know you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen The Passion of the Christ or you've seen any of that stuff, but it, it, it almost portrays Jesus. Y'all, y'all know what he saw, nine tails, and he wore the crown of thorns. He got hit with the, with the, the, the nine tails, the cat of nine tails, and, and it's this picture of men just just pouring out this anger and this wrath on Jesus, and they're pouring out this stuff, and it almost makes like, man, Jesus, man, he was kind of helpless. Understand this. He let the men he created, all right, punish them. He let the men he created punish them. Jesus came to earth. Understand this. Jesus came to earth. Why would he leave that? Jesus came to earth to bring us to the kingdom we were designed for. You remember that first one in Genesis 1? If you're wondering why Jesus is a big deal, he came to bring us to the kingdom we're designed for. Because, y'all, this is not our home. This is more like a Motel 6. And I mean a nasty one, too, all right? Roaches, the dirty pillows, you get the... uh, Oh, what's that thing called? The wand you got? It's just lighting up light everywhere. I mean, there's just junk all over you of pillows. That's more like this world. It's more like this world. More like a night stay in a Motel 6. But see, God said, I don't want to leave them in that. I love them too much. I created them in my own image. I don't want to leave them in that. I'm going to send my son to come and get him. And see, that's the big deal is why we celebrate this day. Is because these prophets all through the Old Testament said, there's this one coming, y'all. There's this one coming. There's this person coming. This Messiah, he's going to come. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, in the form of a baby, shows up, grows up, fulfills all of those prophecies perfectly, okay? And then for three days, it was silent. After he submitted himself to the grave. Now, I want you to think about this. He submitted himself, gave his life up to the men he created. Think about something you've made. Don't you feel like you've got ownership of it? Like you, you need to do with it whatever you want? Because if Jesus wanted to, he could have he struck them all down, every one of them. Like he was the one putting breath in their lungs as they were putting him on the cross. Now you say, why would he do that? Because he had you in mind, he had me in mind that he knew that I had to take the, pen, the punishment for them because if they're gonna become be in that kingdom I've created for them, I've gotta pay the penalty for sin because we serve a perfect God. And he says, I want them. So the whole time he's up on the cross, he's telling, Father, forgive them for what, they don't know what they do. Lord, they don't know what I'm doing. God, I'm, I'm saving the world. I'm saving the world, Father. They don't know what they're doing. He had you and me in mind. That's the love of our Father. That's what Jesus Christ went to the cross for, y'all. Now, I got, now that's good news, Amen. Amen. Now, look, I got better news. Turn to me, Revelation 21. I've got better news. Y'all can't tell, man, I'm ready for the second kingdom to come. Verse 21, uh, chapter 21, I'm sorry. So thank the Lord we don't have to live eternity in a Motel 6. um, Because here's what Jesus says. Now, this is John talking about a vision he's getting from God. And this is what Jesus is doing right now, okay? This is what Jesus is doing right now. He's creating, verse one, "'Then I saw a new heaven. "'He's creating a new heaven and a new earth. "'For the first heaven and the first earth, "'this is it, had passed away, okay? "'And there was no longer any sea. "'I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, "'coming down out of the heaven, out of heaven from God, "'prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband.'" And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. Wow. And he he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4. Now this is is such good news y'all. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more pain. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the Old order of things has passed away. This is a temporary dwelling place. This is what we've got to look forward to in our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So why trusting him with your life is so important is that understand that you, you don't have to make this your home. You don't have to put your stock in this world. In fact, I, I would say an example like this. You remember that Motel 6 room I'm talking about? With your time, money, energy, thoughts, and affections, if all you're looking to is to make a kingdom for yourself here on earth, it's like remodeling that Motel 6, Right? Like what sense does that make? Like you're going to be in it one night. So let's, let's just talk through this logically. So you walk in, it's like nine in the morning and like there's this countertop that's cracked, okay? And it's got some dirt on it. And so you walk in and you're like with your, you know, with your wife or whatever and you're like, I, I, don't, I don't really like this countertop. I'm about to go spend $10,000. We're going to replace the countertop, all right? And then maybe you see the bed and like I said, there's some, I don't even want to talk about what's on top of it. But you're like, I, I've, got to, I've got to fix this place up. I gotta fix this place up. I gotta spend all my time fixing this place up. This isn't a place fit for me to stay. Like, I've gotta fix it up. And understand, you're spending all your time, money, energy, thoughts on something you're only gonna be in for a night. When God says, I've got a home for you for eternity, come dwell with me. I've got you set up. There's gonna be no pain, no tears, no nothing. Every hurt you felt, I'm gonna wipe it away. Every elation, every good feeling you felt on this earth, like that's what we've got. We're gonna serve and praise our risen Savior for eternity. Man, that's exciting. Like, I'm ready for it. I wish you'd come back tomorrow. Now, here's the deal. We're still here, correct? Let's talk about the response to this good news. Turn with me to Matthew 13. We'll start in verse 44. Matthew 13, verse 44. I know we're hopping. I mean, we, I think we literally just made a track all around through the Bible, right? Um, just like a preacher on Easter. Anyway, um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. Okay, and we're finishing up the series called Thy Kingdom Come, and we're going to be in verses 44 through 46. And so that's the good news. When we talk about the kingdom of God and thy kingdom come, the kingdom came on earth here in the form of a savior, in the form of Jesus. He's the one that was here to bring the kingdom back. So understand... Perfect fellowship with God, broken by man in sinfulness. Here in a broken, fallen world, God said, I don't want to leave them here. I'm going to send my son to rescue his church. The people here that are in sin, I'm going to rescue them. If they would trust me, I'm bringing them back to the Father. When this time's up and I brought the full number in, they're going to be with me for forever. Okay, So when we say, thy kingdom come, we're begging, we're begging God to come. We're begging God to send Jesus, and that's exactly what he did. Now read with me verse 44. We're talking about a couple parables. This is Jesus' words. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, hear that again. And then in his joy, once he found this treasure, in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So I want to look at something. You see this picture of um, it says the kingdom of heaven is like, okay? So we're talking about that kingdom. So you've got a picture of the kingdom. So this is what it's like when it's been found on earth, when we find that good news of Jesus. And some of you, I believe today that it's coming alive in your heart and you're finding out that this is the real thing. But it says once you find it, it says you'll sell everything to get it. Understand, it says, in, in fact, you'll sell everything in joy. It says in his joy, he went and sold all he had to make sure, I've got to have that field. I've got to have that treasure, Okay. And understand one thing, and you might want to write this down. And this is kind of what I'm going to build around right here is, does it say he was looking for the treasure? Read it one more time. It says the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. And it says when the man found it, it doesn't say he was looking for it. So here's the deal. I I would say this. Some of you have come in here today and you weren't looking for Jesus. This was the right thing to do. It's Easter, man. Everybody goes to church on Easter. Wouldn't you? Isn't that right? Everybody goes to church on Easter. Maybe you came in here today and you weren't looking for Jesus. But here's what I'd say. There've been people all throughout the Bible that found Jesus that weren't looking for him. Amen? We're gonna talk about it. Some of the best things uh, have been found by accident, like America. I I just quoted Ricky Bobby on Easter. Um, Golly, y'all forgive me. Um, Dang, (laughs) I didn't plan that either. Uh, Anyway, check this out. But it's, many things were found by accident. I know for me, when I was a child, I used to hunt like crazy, like it was my passion until I got to be about 15, and then wrestling came into play, and everything changed, and I just started wrestling all the time. And, uh, but anyway, I can remember hunting hard, scouting, scouting deer out with my uncle, look, looking all I could, trying to find that monster buck, man, just something to put on the wall. And I hunted, and I hunted, and I got after it. And then down the street, Farmer John, who don't give two rips about hunting, is going to check his peanuts. Dude kills a dang monster, right? Isn't that how it goes? Or maybe you're a high school football player and you're in there, and man, it's been all summer. You know, you're in there and, and you're just you're hitting those weights, and it's like, man, I'm just going to be such a stud, like. And you're like, you know, you got 195 on there, and you're just just getting it up there, and then and then uh Bobby, who's been chilling on the couch all summer, but he's incredibly gifted. He walks in there, loads up 300, and throws it through the roof, and you're like. What the heck, you know? Sometimes destiny finds people. People don't find their destiny, right? And I believe that happens with Jesus too is some people that don't look for him, he just finds them. In fact, I'm gonna back this up and I'm hopping around the Bible again. I wanna tell you a story. Go to Acts chapter nine. This is one of my favorite stories. I'm sorry, yeah, Acts chapter nine. This is one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. One of my favorite characters. He goes by the name of Paul, but in this text, it's gonna be Saul. By the way, this is off topic. Anybody like Hugh Jackman in here, the actor? So they're making a movie called Paul, and he's gonna be the lead actor. Like, how cool is that? I'm pretty fired up for it, and um, I hope it's pretty biblical. Anyway. So I want you to look at someone who is not looking for Jesus. And in fact, some of you may have come in here today, and you know that not only have I not been looking for Jesus, I've been doing everything un-Jesus. You know what I mean, Preacher? I've been I've I've been an absolute rebel. And I've come into the church today and you, I, I ain't in a good place. Okay? Like I just haven't been doing things God would want me to. I want you to understand this character right here. I'm going to read verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. So, I'm gonna keep on reading. It says, he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So he's going to root out these Christians, okay? Give me letters and let me know where they're at. I'm going to get them. It says, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, the way being the way of Christ, Jesus, his followers. It says, if I found anyone belong to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem, okay? So understand this guy, you might think you're bad, like you've, you've done some bad stuff, This guy was not only like doing bad stuff, he was trying to kill the the kingdom of God. He was trying to stop the movement of Christ. Literally, he was going around and rounding up Christians, putting them in jail, putting them in prison. Like this dude, not only was he not looking for Jesus, he was looking to exterminate Christ followers. He was harming the kingdom. He was trying to beat the kingdom back. Don't sound like the guy God would call to himself, right? I want to tell you something crazy. You know, most of this New Testament, most of this book, this guy's who's going to write it, okay? Understand it. This person right here is who's going to write it. So it says, Saul is looking for this people, and then verse three. It says, as he neared Damascus on the journey, on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him, and he fell to the ground. He fell off his horse, whatever he was riding on, it says, or whatever he he was walking, it says, he fell to the ground. And heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Look at his response. I I wish I could see what he saw. Who are you, Lord? He knew immediately who it was. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Understand, Jesus met Paul exactly where he was at. Jesus met Saul exactly where he was at. It didn't say he quit killing Christians and he was on his way to do it. He was on his way to do more of it. He was on his way to continue to harm the kingdom of God. He didn't want Jesus. He was dead against him. God knocked him off his horse and said, here I am. You might not have been looking for me, but here I am. Like I said, that could be some today is that you've never, you've never experienced them, and he, he, You may not have gone looking for him, but if you're here today, he's been looking for you. He's been looking for you. And not because he wants to take any away from you, he wants to give you everything. He wants to give you absolutely everything. And so maybe you came into here today and that's kind of where you're at. Well, I've got good news, man. If he can meet Saul, a killer of Christians where he's at, he can meet anybody out here. I'm gonna share a little bit more about that in a bit, but this won't be on the screen. On verse 17, I love this, and this is kind of what happened to Saul, and later he's gonna become Paul. And if you've got your Bibles, read it. It says, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul... The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see. And again, again, and, he feel, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means he's changing. When he gets the Holy Spirit on, he changes. Verse 18. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. And it's metaphorically, y'all, but what it looks like is when we find Christ and we find that good news, it, everything changes. Right When we embrace that truth, it says the Holy Spirit comes on, it changes our heart, and all of a sudden, we begin to see things differently, that all of a sudden, this life isn't for me anymore, it's for him. This life isn't for me anymore, it's for him. It says scales fell, and this is what we're celebrating today. And it says he got up and was baptized immediately. He saw the good news of Jesus, changed his heart, and he got up and he was baptized. When we get done with the service today, we're about to go celebrate a dozen or so baptisms, and it's going to be incredible. And I believe we could have more here today. I believe that's what it looks like. Saul didn't wait for any 10-step process. He got Jesus in his heart. He trusted it and he went and he got got baptized. Isn't that awesome? And then he wrote most of this book we're reading. That's so awesome, man. How good is God? So maybe you're here today and you weren't looking for Jesus, but Jesus has been looking for you. Let's go back to Matthew real quick. Matthew, we're going to be in 14 again. Y'all good, man? This is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. I love Easter. All right. Two more verses. Hear this. We're going to be in verse 45. And so the first person, it doesn't say he was looking for treasure, but he found it. Verse 45. It says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. Remember, we're talking about that kingdom of heaven. It's like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one, He was looking, and when he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and he bought it. So what do we see the difference? Some of you here today, if you want to write this down, some of you have been looking for Jesus, you just didn't know it. You've been looking for Jesus, you just didn't know it. It says this merchant had been looking everywhere to find a pearl, something of value, something precious. See, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. It says that God put eternity in our hearts. That means that we all contemplate it. Every single one of us want to find meaning, truth, and fulfillment. Every single person in here. No matter what background you come into, we want to find something whole. We want to find something su- sufficient. We want to find something with purpose, a value. And this is what he's talking about is uh, once we finally found it and it's true in our heart, we'll sell everything um, to get it. And see, we, we, we've got a God-sized hole in our heart. All right? We've got a God-sized hole, that, that eternity that he put in our hearts, like it's there. It's there with everyone. We were all created the same way in our own image. And we were created for the first kingdom. And see, sin has separated that. And what we're all looking for is something to fill that void. And some um, some, some of mine, I've dealt with some of this stuff that I tried to fill it with sex. I tried to fill it with money. I tried to fill it with pride. One thing I've learned here real quick in my short time is it seems like in our community, in these small communities, I tell you what, what kind of we try and feel it with is this, this try and rise to significance, to make ourselves significant, to make a name for ourselves, for our business, for our, for our thing. That, that becomes utmost, that we try and feel this God-sized heart. We're trying to elevate ourselves. If I can just make this name for myself, if people in the community would see me this way, like I, I'll, I'll be all right, I'll make it. Some it's drugs and alcohol to fill the hurt and the void. Some it's religion, <laughs> Some, it's religion. Well, if I can get good enough and and look mean enough at these people, I'm going to make it. God's got to be proud of me, right? I do a lot of good stuff, and I look really mean at bad people, right? That sounds awful. Anyway, but all these things, we feel this God-sized hole in our heart. And all throughout Scripture, over and over again, Jesus reveals himself. I think about the woman at the well, this lady who had had five husbands and was living with four husbands or five husbands and was living with one Okay, Uh, tried to fill everything, that void with everything else. And Jesus met her at the well and said, listen, you're dipping from these wells. They're going to make you thirsty over and over. If you'll dip from my well, I'll satisfy that thirst for eternity. I'll satisfy that thirst for eternity. She was looking for something she couldn't find. See, there's only one place where we completely have our hearts and our souls satisfied. And that's in the good name of Jesus. And once we find them and it's real in our heart, all of a sudden, Everything in this world, y'all, that Motel 6, we're ready to give all that stuff away. That we all of our stuff, all of our, our desires, we've got our hands clenched and God, no, I don't want you to have them. I want me. And all of a sudden, once that good news comes and it resurrects our hearts, all of a sudden those hands go open and say, I'll do anything to make sure I get you, Lord. I'll do anything. Lord, I want you ahead of this world. God, I know this isn't my home anymore. And y'all, I, I, the, whole, the whole story of this church is kind of crazy. Um, you know, sadly, my, one of my barriers was wrestling, and like uh, I, I really did love it, and I, don't judge me. Uh, uh, I did like watching sweaty boys get their hands raised and coaching them, right? I know there's something wrong with me. Anyway, um, but that was my joy, y'all, and that's what I loved, and, and God was calling me to step out and to, to plant a church, and and I fought them and I wrestled with them. And I, I was like, God, are you sure? Is this what you, you, you want me to do? And, and in the past year, I, I wish I could just describe to you what I've seen. But I got my heart right with the Lord. And I, and I, let, him, I let him have me and let him start using me. And, and just crazy things started happening. Um, I had an uncle. He was he Saul was in my life. He was, he was the one person, y'all, he, I could never see Jesus meeting him. I loved him to death, took me hunting, spent a lot of time with me. He was kind of like my fun dad that broke all the rules. Um, and and it, we were so close, and we did all that hunting together, and we, we, we did it. But, y'all, he drugs, alcohol, um, women, a uh, couple of uh, unwed kids, um, you, you name it. And he was that guy in town. I mean, he was the he was wild man. So far from God. And God just started prompting me and said, I, I, want you to, I, I want you to pray for your uncle and I can save him. I'm like, God, no, I don't, I don't think so. He, he, you see all these things he's done. I could never imagine him like even coming to church, much less getting saved. And so I, I start praying for him and, and I had not really had anything big answered before. I wasn't a very good prayer if you, if you like measure prayers. Anyway, but, but I began to pray for him and I prayed in faith, God, just, just save him. God, save him. And, and what I watched happen is the Lord began to surround him with godly community, folks that knew how to hunt and they loved Jesus and they knew how to talk to him, like such a rough guy. And, uh, and then they, they asked me to preach in Vidalia, so I got up and I, and I preached. And, and I show up and there's that, there he is that red mohawk in the back. Uh, he did have a red mohawk. And uh, he's back there and he's, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. He came. Two weeks later, he goes to a revival service and he gets saved. I mean, he, he, he weeps like the toughest. I've never seen him cry. I've never seen him much less smile a ton. And he's, he's weeping and he's, he's crying and, and he, he meets Jesus. And y'all, he had looked for, I'm telling you, he had looked to satisfy. He had looked for that pearl all over this world. In every kind of sin, I guarantee you, he trumped yours. In every kind of sin he could find, he looked for it. He tried to find. He tried to find fulfillment in drinking. He could, he could drink you under the table, any of you. He, uh, he looked for it in all these things, and he never found it. And when he broke, y'all, he broke. And so seven days later, we're putting up a deer stand, and I'm listening to my uncle, the, the toughest dude I've ever met in my life, the, the roughest, most sinful, uh, just just. And, and and I love him to death. And let me say something. He had a great heart, y'all. He had plenty of stuff in his life, and he loved. If you were on his side, he loved you. If you wasn't, he'd wear your tail out. But he sat in the truck and he told me, he said, I don't know how I'm going to tell my friends what God's done in my heart. He ran with a rough crowd and he was like, man, I don't, God's done this thing in my heart. And so anyway, and it was just so cool listening to him say that. So we put up our deer stand and we went home. Um, That night, two young men broke into his trailer and murdered him. That night, one week after he met Jesus. Y'all, it changed my everything. It changed my everything. He had been in fights. He, he, he could have passed years before that. Years and years and years before that. And God was like, watch what I'm going to do with him. The broken, thing, the broken things of this world, the one farthest from me, he doesn't do anything for me. Watch what I'm going to do with him. Watch what I'm going to do with him. It was almost like it, it just blew me away. It was like my eyes were open to say, Lord, just let me preach the gospel somewhere. Now I know it's available to everybody. And so he, he, he went and God just sustained him, sustained him. And it was like 51 years of just everything but God. And God resurrected his heart and he gave him a week. And out of that week, I said, God, I'm, wherever you want me to go, I'll leave rest. I'll leave whatever you want me to do. And when God got my heart, y'all, and he got it all the way, I'd never go back for two seconds. I wouldn't go back to who I was before. And that's what happens when we find that treasure, the good news of Jesus. And I guarantee you one thing, my Uncle Barry, he's looking down. And I guarantee you he wouldn't have changed a thing. He wouldn't have changed the thing. In fact, I can't wait. He's waiting. He's sitting in that kingdom we're talking about. He's sitting in that kingdom you're talking about. And here's the thing. I hope I get to live a lot of years and I hope I get to go on and I pray I get to do this. I really feel like this is what I've been called to do and I pray I get to do it for years and years. But y'all, if my day ends tomorrow, I can't wait to be there. tomorrow's my last day. I can't wait to be in that kingdom. See, Paul said it like this. Says I consider everything as lost. Held up to the knowledge of just knowing Jesus, I consider it all as lost. See, I know there's some that come in here, and there's there's anxiety of the flesh, there's fear, there's there's scared, don't know what it would look like. I know this has been going on in my heart. There's adversity, anxiety. I want to tell you something. Jesus knows every one of them. He knows who you are. He knows where you're at. And I believe it, y'all, I believe I'm here because there's people that need to hear this news. I believe that's why. I I don't believe in coincidences anymore. That that was the wildest thing, y'all. His funeral, so that was the second time I ever got this to speak. We had eight people get saved at his funeral. I I don't believe in coincidences anymore. And so you may, but I wanna tell you something. You're not in here by coincidence. God wanted you to hear this message and I know it sounds wild. I wish you could have been there. I wish you could have been there to hear it and to see it. But y'all, it's incredible. And I just believe in the power and the presence of God. And I believe some of you are experiencing it for the first time here today. And, and here's the good news. You, you're not gonna have to respond by yourself. If God's doing a work in your heart, you're not gonna have to respond by yourself. See, we've got people that have, they've met Jesus. They've taken that step. And y'all, they're about to take their next one. They're about to, they're about to go get baptized right out here in this, uh, in this little tub we've got right here. That they've trusted Jesus. And here's the cool part. If you're here today and, and that message is just becoming real in your heart, you, you don't have to clean anything up. You just trust them. If you feel it in your heart, just respond and say, God, no, I don't want this heart that's here. I don't want to stay in this Motel 6. Lord, I want the kingdom of God. I recognize that. That's what I want. I, I want the kingdom. Lord, I want Jesus. I don't want me anymore. What me has done is made me uh, more, more and more bitter, more and more hurt, more and more lost. I don't want me anymore, Lord. I want you. When Peter preached his first message in Acts chapter 2, it says the men were cut to the heart, like it got in, like they heard it. And they said, Peter, well, what, what do we do? He says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it's, it, it goes simultaneous. It's, uh, I trust Jesus, I want everybody to know it. I trust Jesus, I want everybody to know it. And so I want to do something real quick. We've got a dozen or so people that are going to get baptized, but if you're here today, and you know this news is hitting you for the first time, and it's real, and it's time to let go of what you've been holding on to, I'm just gonna ask you, when, when I count, we're, we're gonna ask everyone that's getting baptized today to just stand up, and as a church, we're just gonna celebrate like crazy. See, here, we're very, very laser-focused on one thing. Everything we do, everything we do is focused on one thing. That's connecting people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. It's very uniform, and so... Today's the day we celebrate like crazy because we've had some people take that step, all right? And we wanna celebrate with you. And if today's the day that you uh, have met Christ and Christ is uh, working on your heart, John three sixteen says that God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus, that whoever would trust him will not perish, that you don't have to worry about the motel room anymore, but you'll have eternal life. And so today's the day, if that's you, I just want you to respond, all right? You don't have to think about it anymore, just respond. So on the count of three, everyone that's getting baptized today or everyone that's going to trust Jesus, um, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And just real quick, you're you're going to file out. We've got clothes for you if you'd like to get baptized today. We've got all that stuff for you. You don't have to think about it. We've got it all set. You're going to meet Brittany right here. She's going to take care of you. We just want to celebrate. And we're so excited about that. So don't slow down. If it started right here, respond. Okay? It's going to be a great day. So if that's your next step and you know that's what God's calling you to do, I'm going to ask you to stand up and everybody in the church celebrate like to blow the roof off this place. All right? Everybody on the count of three. Stand up. One, two, three. <laughs> Woo! <clears> throat> Amen. Throat> Amen. Amen. you're one of those. If you'd like to be baptized today, we're just going to ask that you go ahead and file out. We've got clothes. We've got everything for you back here. Um, it's going to be an awesome day to celebrate. If you're here, we, if you've got children, we're going to have them in the grass right here. And they're, they're sitting there waiting on you. Go grab them. Y'all before you go eat lunch, y'all, y'all stay and celebrate with us. We're about to baptize some people and we, we love it. That's just what we do. And so stay around. All right. Let me pray. And, uh, After I get done praying, we're going to show you a little video of what God's done through our ministry, and we believe that the very best is yet to come, that God has so much more to do here in Dublin. I'm going to pray for us real quick. God, thank you for this day. Lord, I just thank you for the the saving work that is Jesus Christ. Father, you're a good, good God. Thank you for the saving work of the gospel. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to do what you do, and that's save people. Lord, thank you for that. Let's go celebrate. Lord, I love you, and I thank you. In thy name we pray. Amen. Y'all check this video out.